Funhouse, Rudy's Nightmare Revealed. Cactus Canyon Remake, SE Plus Edition Announced. Mini Pinball Introduced in China. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine. And today I'm joined with... I'm Martin Ayer, and I'm the editor of Pinball News. And we're here to look back at all the events in the pinball world that occurred in the month of November 2021. Right. And, uh, well, it's been quite an exciting month, although there's not been uh, any new games or major reveals, um, I would say. Well, True. some surprise, some surprises, yeah. but still there's a lot of news to report. There certainly is, yes. Um, as you might have gathered from our headlines just now, uh, we're, we've got some, some new versions of games, if not exactly new games themselves. So we'll be bringing you those details of all those later. And we've got a whole bunch of news from all the major manufacturers, as well as um, information from shows, seminars that people have been speaking in, and um, some some news about people moving from company to company and, uh, and appointments that are available if you uh, fancy being employed in the pinball business yourself. So right. uh, lots coming up. Yes, and um, um, I don't want to sound like a running gag, but um, uh, in our previous episodes, we've tried to reach out to uh, our good friend Gary Flower. Ah, yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, Gary did... Uh, uh, I talked to him earlier today, um, although my phone is having... Uh, issues uh, to the point that I'm afraid that it's time for a new one. Uh, I'm not sure how much it will last, but keep yeah. resetting all the time. I've had uh, trouble but, contacting but, you on that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that being said, uh, Gary is going to uh, call in and uh, share some exciting news with us. Yeah, and uh, better bring you a little bit of news about uh, about Gary's appearance. Um, later in the show as well, and because he uh, he actually popped up in America while I was over there, but we'll, wow. we'll talk about that a little oh, bit later. But here's a fourth headline: Martin <laughs> went to America. Yes, and came back again as well. So even better, and not because he was kicked out. Well, not this time, no. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll come to that later. But we we'll get on with some of the uh, with our headlines, and and I suppose we should start with the first one of those, which is. Um, about the reveal of um, a game which you and I knew a little bit about in advance of uh, its actual public announcement, which right. was a uh, a conversion kit, really, for the game Funhouse. Yes, a uh, Williams game from uh, 1990, designed mm-hmm. by Pat Lawler. Um, it's the one where with with the big Rudy head uh, that was uh, reused later on in Roadshow uh, with two types of uh, those heads. Mm-hmm. Um, classic game. Can't say anything negative about it. It's really that's, if there's one game that is uh, um, stamped in, in in my memories as the the game to play in the arcade. It was Funhouse. Yeah, so my very first game I bought was a Funhouse. It was uh, it was yeah. that 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 uh, that um, popular and um, enjoyable for me. If I could only have one game, I wanted to be Funhouse. Right. Yeah. I um, I regret selling mine, especially uh, at the price I sold it for. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all anybody who sold anything up, and, you know, up until like last year will regret the price they sold it for. Right. Uh, the price had seemed to have gone crazy. But anyway, Funhouse, uh, a new conversion kit has yes. been brought out, and it's a collaboration between a number of different uh, pinball companies or manufacturers 
So it's Pedretti Gaming in Italy who are leading on this. Now, Pedretti is maybe not a, a name which is instantly familiar to many people, but if you've been following the story of the remake of Alien by Pimble Brothers, it's being manufactured in Italy by Pedretti and uh, sent all over the world from there. So they are, and they are a uh, licensed um, Williams manufacturer or remanufacturer of, of pinball parts working through Planetary Pinball. Right, so and th they also uh, mm -hmm. do uh -huh. produce uh, toppers for, uh, for example, Williams games uh, in, in collaboration with Planetary Pinball. So it's not an official Williams product, but they have the license so they can uh, do a topper for... I don't know, uh, name a game, uh, uh, Twilight Zone, for, for mm -hmm. example. If they want to do a topper for that, then they can, uh, through Planetary, uh, it is arranged that they can do such a topper and that all parties are uh, compensated uh, properly. And, and Right, and the, the, they can use the artwork and the imagery from the original game right. on it. So, right. So. Now, sp speaking of artwork, so mm. this... Funhouse Rudy's Nightmare is an upgrade kit, which uh, is plug and play, um, easy to install because no no drilling or screwing or anything is uh, is required. Uh, consists of uh, a display panel with a new display, yeah, an a LCD, yeah. L yeah LCD, uh, full color that is. Um, there's also an LCD that goes on the playfield, uh, replacing the mirror above the scoop. Yep. Um, there's uh, new speakers included, there's a translight included, and uh, probably some other stuff that I'm well, forgetting. Uh, well, pin, pin, sound, sound, pin board. sound board. A uh, new fast pinball CPU board with the, all the new rules. Right. Uh, there's some, uh, some art blades that go on the inside of the cabinet as well. And right. um, I think that's probably about everything that's included in the kit. But yes. um, it's it's an entire new speaker panel with new artwork on it and a new display and new speakers, as we said. And it isn't branded Williams anymore. It's branded Pedretti. So it doesn't say it's a Williams funhouse anymore. It does say Pedretti underneath the display panel. Right. Although on your cabinet, it's still a Williams. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, the cabinet's still uh, Williams branded, and the playfield doesn't change other than the uh, the mirror that, which I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and the interesting thing is, um, it, it will give the game a, a new look, in, in especially uh, the back box with the translate and the and the speaker panel. Mm. And while you're taking away the mirror from the original, um, it is possible to play both the original. Uh, a game and yeah. the new Rudy's Nightmare uh, game um, and when you play the original game the display will act as the uh, the original displays with uh, alphanumeric text and uh, the mirror will act as the mirror and you get all so, the original sounds and music and voices that yes. were in the original game rather than the ones which are in the new game right so now, the interesting thing is uh, the announcement was sort of rushed because images already leaked on uh, the internet. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the funny thing was, I uh, once I was informed that these images were out there, uh, it was posted on Pinside and I think on uh, Facebook as well. 
I think on Facebook they were removed again. There was a topic on Pinside. When I looked at it, there were only three topic, uh, three people responding to it. So mm. I was like, okay, this is like a storm in a teacup. Um, and uh, since there's no news to report, why bother? And the interesting thing was that although the discussion sort of died, Pedretti themselves responded in that topic saying there would be an announcement then and then and uh, basically hyping the, their own thread, mm -hmm. uh, which was causing them to rush things uh, to, to come out as soon as possible. Yeah, so, so you and I were in on, uh, on this before, uh, before the announcement. We were able to prepare articles for our respective yes. uh, outlets. With, Which uh, I highly recommend for all Pindamore manufacturers to, uh, to yeah. keep in mind to do so because it gives us the opportunity to actually write a quality article up front instead of when something is announced and we have to find all the info ourselves. Yes, so, which we've done, we've done with other manufacturers as well, although not, not all of them yet. Right, yes. And um, But, uh, no, uh, many thanks to uh, uh, Janos at Team Pimble and uh, Pedretti Gaming. Um, yeah. I, um, I had a Skype conversation with Andrea at uh, Pedretti yeah. uh, for some uh, additional info. It was very collaborative and uh, was a very, very pleasant conversation. So, uh, And I'm very impressed with how the kit looks and... Based on the responses that I've seen, I'm not the only one. No, I think it's been very well received indeed. And I think originally when people saw it uh, maybe as a standalone kit, they thought, oh, maybe it, it doesn't look very good. But once you actually see it in the game, it just transforms it. I think the pictures of the, of the new translite and the display panel and the, uh, and, the, and the mystery mirror LCD panel as well when installed with the art blades, it just makes it look like a, a completely different game. And uh, even though the shots are obviously the same, nothing like that's changed, but the whole rules are going to be different. There's uh, completely, completely new music, uh, new sound, uh, new voices as well. The, um, the, um, the new sounds and music come from an Italian composer called Zanhel, uh, and the, uh, the new um, graphics are from another Italian artist. You can see there's a certain Italian influence here. Um, so that's from somebody called Morty Morty, right. and it's, um, it's this is uh, sort of relates to the fact that it's Pedretti who are I think sort of the main drivers of this project. But they have they have collaborated with, as we said, uh, with Team Pinball in the UK, with Pin Sound uh, in France, uh, Fast Pinball over in the US, and Planetary Pinball, of course, are doing all the licensing and uh, marketing for it over there as well, and. It's being sold through a whole number of different uh, resellers. Um, I think Cointaker or one, and um, I think uh, Mr. Pimble Australia is probably selling it. And uh, RS Gaming, RS Freddy, Gaming. Yeah. yeah, Freddy's um, uh, uh, Pimble Paradise. Yes, um, exactly. Yes. Um, Pimble <laughs> Heaven you. are selling it uh, in the UK. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be available from lots of your favourite outlets and at, at a, a price of around 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 about two thousand US dollars and whatever that converts to in local currency. So it's you know for a game which you know, once upon a time two thousand dollars you, you could have bought the game for that, but these days it's probably you know, I, eight, I wish I would have sold the game for two thousand dollars. <laughs> probably eight or nine thousand dollars to buy the game now. So sitting two on it to to transform it into a completely new version. With the old version already available as well, you know, and then if you wanted to, 
you could you could sell off the display uh, panel and the um, the actual um, displays themselves if you wanted to for uh, oh only the old translite if you didn't want to keep that right. so you you can get some money back on it as well but as you said it's it's all um, removable as well if you if you do decide to sell the game later and want to keep the kit it's uh, probably about an hour's work to take all the all the additions off and put all the original parts back on again so it's uh, right. it's a it's a well thought out kit and it's the first of uh, a series of 2.0 type games. You may remember a long time ago we, we mentioned that uh, Planetary Pinball said they had announced they were going to bring out a whole, whole version of uh, a whole series of, of new game code for various games, for various Williams yes. games. Uh, but nothing really happened after that point. Uh, well, well, not entirely true. Uh, we didn't see public, what was happening. But uh, apparently it took two years for Pedretti to develop this, uh, this Funhouse kit. But their plan is, uh, now that the wheels are set in motion, uh, to release uh, such an upgrade kit for one game every year. Mm. Yep. And that's quite a, quite a number of uh, System 11 games that um, uh, could be considered good titles. For uh, for such an upgrade kit, uh, uh, F14 yes. Tomcat could be great. Yes, you could easily go back and uh, look at the, the uh, either the, the biggest sellers or the the most valuable games these days, and see which ones are the likely candidates for the, yeah. the next 2.0 kit. So, Bad Cats uh, comes to mind. Bugs Bunny's Birthday Ball. Um, mm. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have my doubts about that one personally. I don't think I, <laughs> Um, without without changing the playfield, I don't. I'm not sure that's ever going to be uh, a huge success. But yeah, there are there are plenty of very very popular titles out there. Well, uh, one of the first titles mentioned was Whirlwind, which is uh, obviously a uh, uh, generic license, I would say. So yes, there there's plenty of opportunities with that. And, yeah, um, yeah, non-licensed uh, titles would be a lot easier to do, of course. Right, and at that time, most of the titles were unlicensed. Uh, I think one of the uh, few licensed titles in there is uh, Elvira and the Party Monsters. And Bugs Bunny, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, uh, but that was only after Belly joined Williams in, uh, in 89. So. But, um, yeah. Um, and uh, it could be interesting. Uh, we just mentioned what is in the kit, but um, I, I think we're going to see, uh, after talking to Andrea Pedretti, I think they're going to offer... Uh, two versions of the kit, um, uh, one with a topper custom made for this game, not the already existing Funhouse topper that Pedretti is offering, mm-hmm. and one uh, without the topper. And the price you mentioned is uh, the, the price probably is most likely to be in that area, uh, in the, around that number, uh, without the topper. And of course, if if there's a trop- topper included, then uh, it's probably going to be slightly more. Mm, but then you have a topper as well. So yes, we know we know how much toppers can sell for in some cases, almost as much as the entire kit. Um, if right. it's a a particular licensed one or a, a popular title. But uh, anyway, so that's um, Rudy's uh, nightmare Funhouse, Rudy's nightmare, the two point zero right. conversion kit from Pedretti. Yes. And we will, we will have more information on that. I think we're probably both planning to do a sort of follow-up articles, finding out more about the development of the of the uh, the system on the game and uh, where it, where it's intending to go. 
everybody's waiting for uh, uh, gameplay videos. Uh, the kit is currently actually not available yet. Um, no. People could register and show their interest, and that they will be. I believe they signed up for a newsletter or something like that. Yeah, they're not taking pre-order money at the moment, not until the kits are actually out there uh, being produced. This is an order like an expression of interest. They can they can gauge how many to, to make and how many to send over to the various distributors. Yes, but it's, it's a good indication to uh, to know how many uh, to produce in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, good luck to them. And we yes. look forward to seeing it uh, and bringing you more news about it once it's, uh, it's available for more public play. Right. And then uh, moving on from uh, one upgrade to another, mm. the, uh, the Cactus Canyon remake uh, by uh, Chicago Gaming. Yes, you may remember we reported on this last time. And um, so Cactus Canyon is the latest remake to come from uh, Chicago Gaming Company. And uh, they announced there were going to be two versions, the limited edition and the uh, the standard edition or special edition, I think is what they tend to call it, the SE, we call it the SE. Yes, and um, the limited edition was uh, was originally going to be limited, uh, well, heavily limited, I think, and um, it sold out very, very quickly. And everybody liked, was intrigued at least, by the the topper, the interactive topper that came with the limited edition and didn't come with the SE. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that, that it sold out so quickly and not many people were able to get their hands on one meant that a lot of people wanted to get that topper and couldn't even if they bought the SE version, because uh, it wasn't going to be made, the top wasn't going to be made available as, as an upgrade that could be purchased later. So, um, Chicago Gaming stuck to their guns and said, uh, if you pardon the pun, and said that, um, no, we're, we're not going to make this available as, a, as, a, as an upgrade kit or an add-on that you can buy later, but what we will do is we will bring out an SE Plus edition, which will be like the SE, but will have the topper. So that's they now have three versions of the game: the SE, the SE Plus, and the LE. Right. And the uh, the SE Plus, I believe, when it was announced, um, was priced the same as the LE was when yes. it first came out, which is a Although, bit odd because it doesn't include anything else that the LE has other, other than that topper. So it doesn't right. have all the uh, special armor. It doesn't have the the wooden wooden uh, bottom arch. It doesn't have well shaker motor. Uh, all kinds of things, but um, but anyway, what it does mean is that if you if you've got to have the topper, then there is a there is a way to get it if you missed out on the LE. Right. So um, yeah, you're still uh, well paying the same amount as for the LE. Um, yes. Who knows? Maybe uh, I don't know, but uh, obviously making the topper available as an upgrade kit that that's kind of difficult. But art blades and all the other elements that were part of the uh, limited edition that are currently not included in the special plus edition um that's not that difficult to upgrade i suppose um no i don't think it's uh, don't think it's a big problem to do that but um not not everything is going to be available the exact artwork for the side blades or the art blades yeah, okay. well there might be other artwork that you think is more suitable yeah well it could, well, it could well be yeah but the thing is, it's all extra cost on top, so you would, you would spend a, a lot more by the time you finished um, upgrading the um, the SE Plus to the equivalent of an LE than if you'd bought an LE in the first place. Well, based on the uh, uh, the number of people that, that bought the limited edition, I don't think money is an issue. 
No, no. I, well, I think people were impressed by the price because uh, I forget, was it nine two fifty or nine five hundred um, for the LE? I think a lot of people were expecting it to be over ten thousand for it, and that, that's probably a good reason why it sold out so so rapidly. Mm. And uh, so I think, um, you, I mean, you're right. It's still a lot of money for a game, and, and people do throw throw all kinds of money at, at their pinball games to make them make them uh, look better or improve them in various ways. So I, I don't suppose it, but I suppose in a, in a way it gives you that kind of like a you know, a la carte menu choice where you can you can pick and choose what you want to go into your game rather than uh, paying up front for the whole lot. Right. Okay. So uh, while we're on the subject of Chicago gaming, uh, mm. you were in the US. Uh, more news on Chicago gaming? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, well, I was uh, a number of a number of places when I was over there. The first of which. Um, well, it was the second, actually, of which was first place that we're going to talk about now was at the IAPA trade show, which was held at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, as it, as it always is, every November. And this was my first time visiting it, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But uh, Chicago Gaming had a stand there, and they had four of the, uh, uh, the Cactus Canyon remake games there, uh, three of the standard ones and one of the limited edition ones with the topper. And I got a good chance to play it and actually find out how the how the topper worked, which wasn't how I thought it was going to work. Um, so I'm not sure I'll uh, spoil it for you. I might, might just leave that to you to find out when you get a chance to play it yourself. But Ryan White was there with Butch Peel, and they were they were um, basically had a, you know, a pretty basic stand, I'd say. Um, they they were a little bit worried, I think, because and uh, I think by the show opened at ten o'clock. And I think by nine o'clock in the morning, they didn't have any games. It wasn't until about 9.30 that their, their machines actually turned up and they were able to quickly set them up in time for the, for the show opening. They were, they were delayed by, by some mix-up in the transport in getting them to, uh, to Orlando. But, uh, but they did get them there in time and uh, I think they were all played pretty much constantly throughout the, uh, the three days of the, the trade part of the show. So uh, okay. it didn't have a huge amount of decoration on the stand. I think it was pr pretty bare, but uh, I think if you look on the Pinball News site, you can probably see some pictures of, of it uh, from the uh, IAPA um, report, which right. was uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And um, yes, and while I was there, of course, um, who would turn up but Rob Burke and his daughter, Riley, and uh, from Pinball Expo. Right. And so, so they were there with uh, with Ryan and with Butch, and so we got a nice picture of, of them. And because uh, they, Rob Burke, for those who don't know, outside of his expo uh, activities, runs a, a catering supply company, providing yes. paper, paper and plastic products to uh, to all kinds of catering companies um, in yeah, well, food supplies and so on. Yeah, yeah. So so all the napkins and, and yeah, straws uh, and cups and uh, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff, uh, cutlery, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, but so they had a stand at uh, IAPA as well because uh, you know it's a uh, amusement show, trade show, and uh, he's a supplier to the amusement industry amongst amongst others. So uh, yeah, they had a stand there, and we uh, were able to go out for dinner that evening, and uh, which was very nice indeed. Uh, so thanks to Rob for that, and good to see uh, Riley there as well. And they they were got a chance to play uh, play the game. So okay. uh, so that was anyway. Going back to Chicago gaming. Um, so that was um, that was the first time I got to see Ryan at IAPA, and then uh, a few days later, Ryan uh, joined me up in um, Sturbridge 
in Massachusetts at the Pintastic New England show, and he did a seminar about um, about, about the Cactus Canyon remake, how it came about, some of their thoughts behind it, what they did, what they uh, the decisions that they made, what they, and also a little bit about the work that um, Josh Sharp and uh, Lyman Sheets are putting in to develop some new code, which will be uh, will, be, will effectively be the third set of uh, code for that game because the the game already includes the original Williams code but then also includes the uh, the the Cactus uh, the Chicago Gaming Cactus Canyon version and uh, then you'll be able to buy as an add-on the uh, the Josh and Lyman version that they are currently developing so and, right. and the game will hold all three versions you'll just be able to pick the one that you want so uh, uh, if you want to watch Ryan uh, you can actually see what he had to say on the Pintastic New England YouTube channel. So go to YouTube and search for Pintastic New England. You will see Ryan White uh, from Chicago Gaming uh, doing I'll his be, seminar. Uh, I'll take a look right now. Oh, okay. Well, just me then for now on for the next hour. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, I think that's. Uh, that I kid. Up I kid. Oh, you back? Right. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so um, uh, uh, a question of personal interest. Um, at uh, either of these two shows, did uh, Chicago Gaming have flyers for um, uh, Cactus Canyon? No, they didn't. Remake. No, no, not yet. I, I don't think. No. Um, obviously, there's no point, well, limited point bringing out flyer for the limited edition because they've already sold them. So uh, well, that, that hasn't Gaming, stopped other companies doing that. Huh? Uh, on, on previous remake games, they had a flyer that uh, on the back listed all three models uh, and the features that they had. So... Uh, if they would do a flyer, even if the limited edition would be sold out, it still makes sense to uh, to include, include the feature list on on such a flyer. No, I haven't but seen uh, haven't seen a flyer. They didn't have a, a flyer stand on their or a flyer uh, holder on their stand at IAPA. Right, and okay. uh, I was just wondering. And there wasn't a, 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 an official um, Chicago Gaming stand in uh, a, a Pintastic either. So there may have been some, that, but I didn't see any, and I haven't got any. Okay, okay. So that rounds it up for Chicago Gaming, I suppose. Yes, I think so, yeah. Um, okay. More good news from them, anyway. They're busy times for them. I, I don't think they're in any sort of great hurry to go into production with this. So people would think that, oh, yeah, let's get the games out as soon as we possibly can. And they seem to be pretty laid back on their timescales, just generally. Okay, well, uh, I, they... I, I doubt you'll see any anything shipped this year, to be honest. That's just my hunch. There's no official statement on that, but I don't think we'll uh, we'll see anything before before January. Well, I wasn't in a hurry anyway. So. No, no. Well, I played it now, so that's, that's done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did you? Uh, so, did you play the new code as well? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I managed to get. Yeah. That's how I managed to get the topper to to uh, to be activated. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. It's uh, well. It certainly played well, and um, it, it looked very good. And I think it uh, the enhancements they've made are definitely uh, are enhancements. I haven't seen anything that that, that uh, struck me as being odd. Um, having said that, there was one little bit of metal that was right at the very back, which on which the uh, the bad guy um, sort of jumps up and down on, and that looked a little bit rough. But the rest of it looked absolutely you know fantastic, and and the and the uh, the lighting on the game is just uh, just amazing. So it just looks so. You know, the the colour effects they do when they turn the whole playfield one colour or another and, and cycle it and yeah, you know, excellent amount of work gone into that. They've, uh, they've they've spent the time developing the game wisely. Right. 
Okay. Um, so we have a third headline um, about mini pinball being introduced in China. Actually, I want to uh, save that uh, for the end of the okay. show, as mm-hmm. it's a different type of pinball, uh, and I want to spark a little bit of curiosity uh, uh, here and there. Oh, and in the meantime, yeah, in the meantime, my phone is ringing, so our oh. good friend Gary Flower is calling. Oh, at last, good. Yeah. So, um, uh, do we have time for that now? Yeah, go on, bring it on. Okay, let me. Uh, so we waited long enough. Oh, hold on, hold. Oh, crap. What? Well, I have this issue that my phone is oh, no. really? resetting uh, uh, randomly, and uh, it just—I uh, picked it up to respond to 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 answer the call, and uh, it just basically reset. We can't even so call him back. Now it's so. basically mm. re- rebooting. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure we'll call you back. Yeah, when he does, hopefully we'll, we'll he'll, he'll, he'll be back later on. Yeah, I yeah. suppose uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's understand. He can understand things like this happen. So yes, then um, those technical issues, Gary is uh, is well acquainted oh, with them. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if he's not the cause, then <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, okay, moving anyway, on. Anyway, um, uh, American pinball. Yeah, well, as, as we reported last time, uh, Legends of Valhalla was announced and. Um, very well received, I think, by uh, everybody who, who who saw the reveal. And well, what's, been... what's a... don't carry on. It, it, yeah, if I if I may uh, uh, respond to that immediately, what I uh, uh, find very surprising, in a good way, um, there was a lot of skepticism about the game up front, and when it finally was confirmed that it was American, uh, that it was Legend of Valhalla, mm-hmm. still not everybody was convinced, and. Um, one of the the, the, the news stories is that uh, the game actually won Best Modern Pinball at Midwest Gaming Classic. That's right, yeah. Up against uh, some stiff competition, one might say. Yeah, because Godzilla was also out there, and mm-hmm. um, Mandalorian, and uh, Guns N' Roses, I suppose, although that's a last year's game, but still. Yeah, um, so, yeah so they were very pleased to, to uh, receive that, that award. Uh, yeah, and but uh, I'm I'm very surprised to see that it, uh, that so many people apparently are uh, uh, liking the game. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed playing it. I played it at uh, IAPA. Um, American Pinball had a uh, had quite a large stand there. They had ten machines. Uh, they had um, four Legends of Valhalla's, four Hot Wheels, and two Houdinis. Uh, uh, no that, Oktoberfest. No Oktoberfest there, but um, it is going to be going back into production, apparently, according to uh, David Fix, the Director of Operations and Marketing, and um, who uh, I spent some time with at the show, and also got to spend some time with um, Steve Bowden as well, yeah. which, was, which was nice. And we were able to yeah, talk about... Yeah, latest employee. Yeah, and talk about a few things, and, you know, and, and not, not talk about some other things, uh, uh, which uh, he is um, not in a position to discuss publicly, uh, or indeed you know, privately, probably, either. So uh, about his time working at Deep Root Pinball. So that's all behind him anyway. He's enjoying his time um, working with uh, David at uh, American Pinball, and right. just just in the process of moving up to or back back to the Chicago area. Anyway, so he can uh, he can be at the factory. But um, yeah, so Legends of Valhalla was at um, was at MGC, of course, as we said, where it won the Best Modern Pinball Award. It was at IAPA as well, and uh, also at Pintastic and Free Play Florida, which were 
uh, both on the weekend after IAPA. Some machines, I think, went to Pintastic from, from IAPA and some went to Free, Free Play Florida. I didn't have to go very far because uh, that's just uh, just a few blocks up the street at, uh, at another hotel uh, on International Drive So from, right. uh, from the convention center. So that was a nice, easy journey for them. And, um, yes, if you want to fi- find out more about uh, the making of American pinballs uh, and riot pinballs, Legends of Valhalla, you can watch a seminar with David Fix uh, from Pintastic, which is, uh, I'm not sure it's on there yet. If not, it will be soon on the uh, Pintastic New England YouTube website we spoke about earlier. I'll check it out right away. Okay. And um, you're going to be busy watching videos, aren't you? And uh, it definitely will be, yeah. At that, um, David did confirm that Scott Gullix and Frank Gigliotti um, from Riot will be working on a second title for American Pinball. Okay, now I'm curious. Could that second title be Rutherford? <laughs> Woolly, yes. Or could it be a new title? Ah, well, we will we'll have to see because uh, obviously there's a there's a there's a lot of potentially a lot of games um, in the pipeline for American Pinball because they've got Dennis Nordman working there, and right. he's he's also working with some other designers as well to to uh, design their games. And um, there's also the American Pinball American Dream competition, which was launched at Expo, as we reported on last, last time, where um, come October uh, 2022, there may well be a, a homebrew, another homebrew title, which uh, American Pinball are going to take into production. So right, but that will, take, that will stay, still take but time. It depends how far. Another year yeah, from, probably yeah. another year, I would have thought, yeah. For a, well, for a, for a first you have design. to win the competition, and then they then you still have to see how they're going to take it into production and where it fits in the, their schedule. So, even if you win the competition, I'd say that game is at least eighteen months away from now. Oh, from least. now? Yeah, I say it's probably a year from the moment they decide to to make it. Yes, because they're probably going to have to you know work spec well, all the parts that can be manufactured get probably produce new voice talent, new graphic talent, uh, reprogram it to fit oh. onto their board system. Right. Marketing-wise, uh, I would, if I were American Pinball, I would um, basically um, have the the winner of the contest uh, reveal their production machine at the expo the year after, if that matches their their timeline and so on and immediately pick a new winner yeah will be at the show next year yeah have a rolling competition uh, every year right. you you pick next year's uh, winner oh next year's machine and reveal this year's machine yes yeah so um and then there was um well uh, it wasn't news from american pinball <laughs> actually it was news from another company yeah, uh, but it's interesting to note that uh, Michael Grant, who was working in the uh, sales department, mm. and as such also in charge of uh, uh, the marketing of their uh, uh, games, uh, left after Pinball Expo and joined Stern Pinball. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, um, I don't obviously company as companies don't tend to uh, announce people leaving them only uh, appointments. But, uh, well, it, it depends how happy they are that they are gone. Well, I don't think any of them, any of them are particularly happy to, to, to see that they've gone. But yeah, Michael um, had been at American for a while, and he he left there to uh, to join Stern Pinball, 
as a marketing manager there working uh, under Zach Sharp. So right. they're obviously going to. Uh, Michael was. Uh, <laughs> don't want to make this into too repetitive uh, a theme, but but Michael was also at um, Pintastic and did a uh, seminar there where he spoke about his new job at Stern, his time at American, and his his whole career and and uh, experiences within within pinball. So he was saying that he's really going to be sort of boosting up the Stern Army initiative. Taking that into new locations, trying to trying to promote pinball on location a lot more, which um, through a whole bunch of new initiatives as well as the the, the uh, Insider Connected um, system as well. So um, there's a lot of work to do there, and uh, so he'll be working with Zach to do that, and we'll be hearing more from him, I'm sure, over the coming uh, months and years. Okay, so that's another video that I have to watch. <laughs> you ought to have gone; he wouldn't have to watch any of this. Um, I wish I I was <laughs> I was able to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, but uh, well, congrats uh, uh, for uh, to Michael Grant for uh, landing a job at CERN. I suppose. Um, um, not sure now. First, if I look back at this this year, although it's not December yet, although technically it is. Yes, I realize that, but it's not the end of the year yet. But mm. so we have. Steve Ritchie leaving Stern for Jersey Jack, and so they start scouting around who can we steal, and then they end up with Michael Grant at American. Yeah, and, and equally uh, American have got Steve Bowden from Deep Root. Right. And and Steve, part of Steve's job is uh, in marketing as well. So right. he'll be working alongside David Fix there. Um, I mean, to be honest, when, when, I, when we saw that David had been appointed as Director of Operations and Marketing, um, at American Pinball, there was a, there was a seemed to be something of an overlap between what he w- would be doing and what Michael would be doing. Okay, so it's not that Stephen is going to be replacing Michael. No, well, no, I think he'll be. He'll part of his responsibilities will be towards sales. That's 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 true, and um, but also, you know, David's in charge of operations and marketing, so. Now, as we saw with the launch of Legends of Valhalla, there's an awful lot of marketing push going on there with the, the Ping Game Journal being sent out to everybody that uh, was that is or was ever a subscriber to that magazine. And a big, uh, well, worked with us in order to to launch, to get the, the launch articles ready and uh, get, get the material, marketing material out there. And uh, and, and Michael was, in, was part of that as well. So uh, there's... Uh, Dave's Dave's coming up with a, a whole bunch of new initiatives, and in particular, he is I think one of his most popular or most favoured. Um, his favourite part was making sure that the game was out on location for people to play on at the very on the very day that it was announced officially. So I think that's something they want to do a lot more. They, they, he has a lot of a lot of ideas of ways to uh, promote pinball um, both on location and uh, for home sales and to and to boost American pinball's um, visibility. I think. Okay, so um, I suppose that covers all the news for uh, for American Pinball. Yes, I think so. Yep. So, uh, which company one you uh, you want to discuss next? Uh, well, we were just talking about Stern, so I suppose it makes sense to uh, to talk about them now. Right. Okay. Hold on. Oh, oh is he trying again? Yeah, he's trying again. Let me. Let me. Oh, forget it. No. Oh. My phone is rebooting oh, again. Oh, you need to get a new phone, man. Go. Oh. Or sort sort that one out. Yeah. Right. Well, 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 I'm not saying that we 
we're not going to speak to Gary on this show, but well, I still have hopes that that it, that he'll call back. But yeah, sorry, that's all right. Um, well, where were we? Oh, we we're talking about Stern, aren't we? Yes, we're just uh, yes. about to pick up with what's the news that's been coming out of uh, Stern Pinball, and um, you may remember we we uh, reported before on how there was uh, a new Elvaro's House of Horrors game coming out, the the 40th edition of of that game. Well, um, apparently 40th number... 40th anniversary edition. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, 40th anniversary. And um, machine number 001, serial number 001 of, of the, that, um, apparently went to Elvira. Uh, maybe that's not entirely surprising, but uh, I don't think it was ever announced at the time. But it did, and, um, well, I say it went to her. It, I don't think it physically ever went to her because it's actually now being up. Uh, it's up for auction at uh, Julian's Auctions. So if you want to own 001 of uh, Elvira's House of Horrors 40th Anniversary Edition, then you can bid uh, until 10 a.m. on the fourth uh, Pacific time. This is on the fourth of December. So uh, a couple of days if you uh, listen to this podcast as soon as it comes out. It's currently at the time I, I looked earlier. Um, $17,500, but only three bids on it. It's possible there'll be a big rush of bids at the end. Okay. But so uh, one bid by Gary and <laughs> one bid by Elvira. <laughs> well, I say it's, it's supposedly the property of Elvira, but according to the auction listing, it needs to be collected from the Stern factory in Elk Grove okay. Village, so suggest it never actually left there. Um, it's, it's not a machine that Elvira ever touched. No, well, no, it'd probably, probably be more expensive if uh, she had... So if if that's something uh, for those uh, completists or those who'd like to have the you know, serial numbers of 001, there's your chance to bid on that. And uh, good luck to you. I'd be interested to see, and we'll report next time, what they actually sold for. Right. Okay. Um, well, what... <laughs> sorry if I was keeping you up. Um, Stern um, also have been uh, on TV, haven't they? Yes, on the uh, History Channel uh, in the US, that is. Mm-hmm. There's a, a program called Modern Marvels, and uh, the host of the show um, basically took a Stern tour, and that was broadcasted on Sunday, November 28th. Okay, and, and will probably be repeated, I guess. I, I was going to say, knowing the History Channel, that's probably going to be repeated. If it hasn't been already, yes. Okay, well, yes. Search, search your listings if you, uh, if you subscribe or can receive History Channel for Modern Marvels. And uh, ch- chances are that segment is also available on YouTube, although I didn't check yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, uh, if you fancy doing that, then uh, then have a look for History Channel. They might might even make that uh, that entire program available if somebody hasn't uh, hasn't done it already. Right. So. Uh, and uh, well, uh, you visited America and attended a couple of shows. Uh, Stern also. Uh, attended several shows, including the uh, San Diego Comic-Con special edition, where they were uh, represented at the Nuclear Blast stand with some uh, Godzilla games, which were provided by Orange County Pinballs. That's correct, yes. And uh, they were uh, in in good attendance at uh, the the Houston Arcade Expo, thanks to Marco. They had a a very, very nice um, display of uh, Stern games, mostly concentrating on... uh, on Godzilla, of course, as, as their current title, but they also had a whole range of, uh, of other machines, including Mandalorian, uh, one of which was actually a giveaway, well, not a giveaway, uh, uh, a raffle prize, I should say. 
um, and they um, had uh, Avengers. They had, and they also had the. Uh, wasn't just the the pro version of uh, Godzilla. They also had four premium models as well, which was nice to get a chance to play the play that and see the differences between that. I'd only played the pro up until that point, and uh, I have to say the uh, the pr- the premium is a very nice game. I think uh, the extras are on it. The uh, the Mechagodzilla rotating target bank ramp thing, and the uh, the way the the building at the back moves up and down, and uh, and locks balls on top is, uh, and the bridge as well. Although the bridge seemed a little bit of a, a, a broken. That, well, something that happens so quickly, you don't really notice what's going on because you just shoot, shoot the ball at the ramp, and and the bridge fractures and it falls off. Uh, but it all happens so quickly, you don't really pay, you don't really notice it. I think you need, probably need a little more. Um, lighting choreography, choreography. yeah, yeah, in order to, to stress exactly what's going on. But the but the uh, the building itself is uh, is very impressive and, uh, and and quite simple in the way it works. I think as well as the way it unlocks the ball. But uh, you you can see all that anyway. I'm sure online if uh, if you haven't seen it already. So they had a very nice display there, and they were also present at Pintastic, of course, where they had um, really sort of showcasing the Insider Connected system there because Michael. Grant, who we spoke about earlier, was there with John Borg, and they were setting up all the machines um, and connecting them up on, on, a, on a network. They were using uh, um, uh, Ethernet to, to connect the games together. And uh, so people could uh, could use the entirely connected system on them. And uh, they had a, a very nice display there as well. I forget how many exactly, but uh, I'm so sure... So are you telling me look. that Michael Grant was lured in as a uh, marketing <laughs> director and that he ends up being the roadie for Stern at uh, at events. Well, he and John Borg were were there setting the games up. And they both both admitted they'd never done this before, but the fact they were able to do it fairly quickly once they'd uh, once they realised that it was a, a wired connection they needed, not a wireless one, then uh, it was. A, I guess that's a testament to how how simple it was to get those games online. Okay. Right. So now, for a second, I I, I was worried that they were both on their knees, <laughs> literally setting the games up on well, their legs. Well, and, well, and well, no, no, not on their legs. They were were scrabbling around underneath, or, or down by the coin door, going through all the menus, and uh, and and uh, I think John was doing that, and Michael's around the back plugging in Ethernet cables and things like that. So <laughs> yes, okay. a little bit like that. A- but a- any word on when we can expect John's new game? Uh, no, not. I think, uh, given the uh, the backlog of, of titles that uh, or machines or orders which Sterner have at the moment, I don't think they're uh, they're, they're uh, making any commitments as to when new releases are going to come out. Okay. Now, um, speaking of new releases, uh, there have been some new releases of Code, a very special uh, Thanksgiving update, so to speak. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, for quite a number of games. Um, most of these updates have uh, usually I let this boring section uh, be handled by you, but this time I'll handle yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, most of these updates are basically updates to integrate the, uh, the Stern Insider Connected uh, uh, program, the reader, and, and and what have you. So, and the games uh, that that have new go- code code available. Um, Avengers Infinity Quest, Black Knight Sword of Rage, Deadpool, Elvira's House of Horrors, Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, Led Zeppelin, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's basically every game they released the last, I'd say, three years. 
Um, how, doesn't include what does it include? Uh, Stranger Things. Stranger, Stranger Things, things or um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Either. Well, that's an older title. That's like five yeah, years. but it's, a, it's an LCD game though. Which, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's a Spike Two game. Oh well, the rest will be in the, in the Christmas update that uh, mm-hmm. sort of can expect. Um, uh, Stern is known for uh, for doing such uh, uh, code up, massive code updates. I would say around uh, holidays. Uh, although they do have updates throughout the year as well, as you know from previous. Um, uh, re- uh, episodes of our uh, pincast. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, we, we we're not, not going to go through. Stern? We're not going through all the details of the code, but as you said, it's uh, it's pretty much around the entire connected. Uh, but there are some other updates and, and a few bug fixes for for most of those games as well. And that's uh, that's all we need to say about it, to be honest, because it's well, there's so many of them, and they're they're, they're all quite minor and, and dare I say, dare I say it, uh, boring details. Um, yeah. Unless right. you have the game, which well, case thank you for keeping me awake. Yeah, in which case you can go and uh, go and have a look yourself. Uh, right. So, so what, what what do they what do we think they're currently building in the in the factory there at Stern? Well, I know for the past month they have been building uh, Mandalorian. Um, they have been building the uh, uh, the pin version of uh, Jurassic Park, which is the uh, Jack Danger mm-hmm. uh, design game. Uh, he signed his first game. Yes, and I it, saw that. Uh, was about to uh, be boxed up. Uh, sort of building that, and I expect them to have been building Godzilla as well. Yeah, well, they did have a uh, Jurassic Park pin at uh, at the show as well that I was at, so uh, and that was very popular and uh, and being being played constantly. So I think right. uh, it was, uh, yeah, it could be a good one for them. I think it's another game which uh, you know normally pin games don't you know the pin range of games, I should say. Don't normally get that uh, that hotter reception when they're first released because um, they're not really aimed at the you know us really. They're more at the uh, the the casual buyer, shall we say? Uh, but, Who doesn't know what they're buying? Basically. Yeah, they just want a, a full size looking pinball, even if it doesn't have a full size display. But this one, uh, I think, uh, seems to seems to have broken the mold and seems to have been well received by everyone. So uh, congratulations to Jack and the team behind yeah, that. What I was. What I was wondering about, and this is just between you and me, but thanks for listening, yeah. those listening, uh, uh, who might chime in as well if, if they feel like it. Um, this um, Jurassic Park pin has an MDF playfield. Mm, it does. Which makes me wonder, is MDF that much cheaper than regular plywood, what, what they use for their other games? Does it, that make, does it make that much of a difference? Um, I would have thought price-wise, I, I would have thought it would have actually been harder in some regards when it comes to sort of routing holes in it and and mounting. I mean, we've actually seen um, when we looked at the, uh, the top surface of, the, of that game, there are quite a lot of sort of mounting rivets on the top surface of the game for mechanisms that are under the game. It's, it's like you you can't, as you can with. Um, plywood you can screw things in from the bottom just using standard screws and they'll hold because the the wood being right. wood will sort of expand and um, and hold the screws in whereas mdf doesn't work like that so they have to have to build them or mount the, uh, the mechanisms in a very different way which uh, which can sometimes look a little bit ugly but uh, you can you can get around that mostly with, with the artwork but as it whether it's cheaper i don't know you i guess you don't get the the dimples that you would get in in plywood because it's a much harder surface, 
other than that, I don't know. I guess it's uh, probably doesn't. Well, I was going to say it doesn't walk, but uh, no, plywood doesn't walk really, does it? In playfields that we have now, so I don't know. Yeah, right. good, good point though, is it? Why, why do they do it? Uh, the cabinet yeah. cabinet's MDF as well. You know, we we know that. So it's a heavy game. Heavy game. MDF is yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavier than plywood. Yeah, yeah. Well, you bolt it together, don't you? Uh, it's got you know, it is bolted rather than glued, and uh, um, so it's uh, it's a different t- type of construction. But uh, yeah, I'm sure right. it would uh, be interesting to see what the cost breakdown for that is. Right. Okay. Um, and then there's um, I'm not sure wh- whether I read it or whether I heard it. Uh, let's call it a rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do rumors. Oh, okay. Then we don't. <laughs> but if we if we did, what what would we be rumoring? Um, the rumoring would be that uh, Stern is either building more Beatles games or testing the waters with distributors whether they are interested in more Beatles games. Um, but I can think of several distributors that still have Beatles mm, games that yes. are difficult to sell, apparently. Um, so I don't see that much need for a rerun or no. an additional run. So if people of, wanted of, them, they could Beatles. get them. Yes. So, But that's something I heard, and I can't remember where I heard it or read it. So okay. let's just put that on the rumor mill and don't take anything that uh, regarding that for uh, um, I'm, I'm, fact. I'm glad we didn't mention it. Good. Uh, yeah. Okay, moving on then. Um, yes. Um, well, let's move across the street, I suppose. Okay, so what's been going on with Jersey Jack Pinball in uh, in the month of November? Well, the um, most... Uh, what, what caught my eye um, was a big um, image on Facebook that uh, Jersey Jack Pinball is hiring. Yeah, we've and, mentioned uh, this before, but, uh, but they're, they're still looking for quite a lot of different uh, skills, aren't they? And quite yes. a few, could fill quite a few positions. Yes, they are looking for um, uh, assembly workers where uh, soldering experience is a plus. Um, they're looking for a warehouse associate. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a warehouse associate. You're a what? <laughs> okay. Um, they're uh, looking for uh, uh, people to work in customer service and uh, fulfillment. Um, a logistics specialist a production planner, and a team lead. Now, if they're looking for all these people, if they are currently don't have them, mm-hmm. I'm really surprised that anything gets done there. <laughs> but um, it's not necessarily the case that the people who were in these positions left. Uh, it could also be that they are setting up uh, their second assembly line yeah. and uh, they just need more people. But... In case you're in the area and you fancy uh, working at uh, Jersey Jack Pinball um, in one of these positions, then make sure to reach out to uh, Jersey Jack Pinball. I think the email is uh, career at jerseyjackpinball.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, look it up on Facebook and uh, uh, you'll see for yourself uh, where to send uh, your application if you're interested. And uh, in case you're, uh, well, I, I think they have a, quite a backlog of uh, Guns N' Roses games mm. to build. So yes. what's keeping you from yeah. res- <laughs> applying? <laughs> I mean, get in there so they can build more games. Yeah. Um, so. 
they they were certainly um, have been building games, so they're not they're not lacking all these people at the moment. But it could well be they want to rebalance the responsibilities. You know, maybe some people are, uh, their jobs have, have grown so much that you know, there's enough work there for two people, and they're bringing more more people on board to, to help out. Right. Uh, but yeah, we'll be interested to know what some of these some of these posts actually uh, involve and what's team lead. Um, what's what, what team are they leading? Right. So, uh, what also caught my eye was uh, a post that Eric Meunier would do a seminar about, uh, or at Pintastic, where he would be revealing juicy secrets. Juicy secrets? Ah, well. Um, did he reveal juicy secrets? Well, there's a certain amount of uh, secret stuff that was, uh, that was shown. There was a number of videos within the Guns N' Roses game, which uh, have to be accessed via various flipper codes. And uh, some, including one of, uh, of, of uh, a special family moment of, uh, of his, which I won't tell you about anymore, because, as I've said before, and I'll probably say it again at some point doing this, if you want to watch that for yourself, you can go to oh, yes, the fantastic New England YouTube channel, where, oh. where you can watch Eric uh, talk all about the making of Guns N' Roses and uh, his collaboration with Slash and the rest of the band, and... Uh, all the all the fun that they had doing that, and uh, it's uh, it was it was very interesting, you know. And most of the time, I would say I uh, a lot of these seminars I've heard a lot of these stories before, but this was uh, this was riveting stuff, and I was uh, very happy to sit there for the entire hour and uh, listen to Eric talk about the making of Guns and Roses. Okay, right. So um, Josie Jack being at Pintastic uh, uh, with a large uh, re- a number of representatives, or, or uh, only a small number of people? No, there was just uh, Eric and uh, Jack, and um, there was also their their very latest um, recruit, Mister Seaton, who uh, who was there with. Uh, so there was um, the Steve and Pat weren't there, um, so I guess we had half the design team there. Okay, so that's quite good, and, and Jack himself. Uh, uh- and uh, and I was uh, honoured to be asked to interview Jack at uh, a fireside chat to talk about Jack's career and his life in pinball and uh, basically all about about where he where he's come from, where, where he sees the business now, where he sees the business going. And um, unlike today, we did actually manage to get a special guest on the phone, uh, really? a, a certain Mister Gary Flower. Who, who did join you, us? You got to be. Yeah, I, I, know. I suppose miracles do happen. They do. Yeah, um, probably because it was about um, would have been what one o'clock in the morning, I think, uh, his time, where we where we called him up to get him on. Um, so he has been on, but uh, but sadly not not managed to make it onto this this particular episode yet. So well, what, we're not done yet. They no, might still, no, still I did, call. I did say yet. But my phone seems to be holding up right now. So good. Well, well, fingers crossed then. But uh, again, if you want to see that, go over to YouTube, fantastic New England channel, and you can watch uh, my interview with uh, with Jack and um, and hear Gary. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'll do that just to find out if you mentioned anything about Steve coming on our show. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's not that I recall. I think that maybe is a uh, one of those one of those subjects that we uh, we don't talk about in in public too much. Hmm. 
Too bad. Yeah, unfortunately, it's yeah. exactly what he wanted to talk about in public. But uh, you know, maybe sometime, some some way down the road, when uh, when the dust has settled a little more, we'll we'll be able to do that. How how much settling <laughs> does it need to do? Well, you don't know how much dust there is until it's all settled. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I suppose that's all the news from uh, Jersey Jack Pimble. Obviously, they're still building uh, Guns N' Roses. They haven't announced any new title uh, yet. So, no, um, no. In fact, that, was, that's, that's one of the questions I, I asked Jack, of course, is about uh, how come they've got so many designers and yet uh, they're going to be building Guns N' Roses for probably the next year. And uh, yeah. now we know what the next title is and now you have a whole bunch of uh, a, a four designers there working away on, on uh, new games. Um at the current rate, it's going to be it's always a decade's worth of production there. Right. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyway, you can hear what he has to say about that uh, for yourself on the on the recording. Right, okay. So, um, any uh, preference in which company we discuss next? No, not really. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's do the next one on our list, I think, is um, Haggis Pinball, I think. Um, yeah. I think Damien and the team um, down in Australia uh, are busy, very busy by the looks of things, uh, getting all the well, parts they're... and assemblies ready for production of, of Celts. Well, they're certainly busy posting photos on Facebook. Yes, that's true. Yeah, no, no videos um, this month. There was a video last month, but but, uh, but nothing new in the past month. But there's, right. as you say, plenty of pictures of parts, boxes of parts, assemblies, um, all ready to be be put built into Celt games, and some Celt games have gone out apparently and been received by customers. So in the US, yeah, so it is happening, I think. Um, but it is uh, finally yeah, but uh, but no, uh, no. With the concentration on Celts, there's no news of uh, of any progress on on Fathom revisited, and right. uh, those people who uh, who ordered that game. Um, no, no suggestion when the, when any kind of production on that's going to begin, or indeed whether the parts are available yet. Right. Uh, okay. So, um, well, moving on to um, well, you you were in Texas. Uh, I suppose I was. you didn't. Hop, yeah, you didn't hop by uh, San Antonio. I didn't. I, I drove from uh, Dallas down to Houston, but uh, didn't seem an oh, awful that's... lot of point going to San Antonio because which isn't that far away, to be fair. But. Yeah. Um, uh, there were plenty of empty buildings I could have gone and looked at uh, without driving all the way to San Antonio. So there didn't seem a lot of point, and uh, I didn't fancy uh, trying to do any dumpster diving to see if there's any any, any juicy tidbits to be found at the bottom right. of a skip or uh, a dumpster, um, uh, because uh, I suspect the whole area is, is probably a little uh, delicate at the moment, shall we say, with, uh, with what's been going on, because... Uh, what has happened in in the past month is that the landlord who owns the uh, the premises in San Antonio, where Deep Root were are um, headquartered, Deep Root Tech anyway, are headquartered. Um, they have applied to the court that is hearing the SEC um, uh, case and requested and been granted permission to start showing prospective buyers around the building so buyers not even no tenants. no not tenants uh, i think the the landlord wants to sell the pro- the, the uh the property it's a bad luck property <laughs> it's cursed yes yeah, um, something like that so um but the, they did okay. promise that they wouldn't um wouldn't disturb or uh, otherwise interfere with anything that belonged to deep root there because uh, obviously there's the stuff in that 
in that curve. I was wondering about that. Is there still stuff in there, or oh, has so. it all been taken out? No, I think some of the uh, some of the I could say manufacturing equipment, but uh, uh, some of the uh, fabrication equipment which they which they bought to you know do PCBs and things like that for, for no obvious reason. Uh, that's all still there. I don't think that's been taken away yet. So, so it looks like highway spinball fact, uh, facility. <laughs> uh, what before the, before the uh, people brothers moved in and, uh, yes. and took everything away? Yes. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of machinery, no no games. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, I think deep root pin. I think Robert bought his stuff um, new, whereas Andrew tended to buy his stuff from uh, from auctions, uh, from uh, company equipment auctions uh, for for bargain basement prices. I don't think. Uh, the bargain basement well, uh, would describe the stuff which uh, was bought for deep root. If you if you got sixty million to spend, why would you? Well, exactly. Yeah, and it's not your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's all the uh, all the news regarding deep root. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It still makes me wonder uh, if they moved out all the prototype stuff that's supposed to be there. Where did it go? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that, that that will come up as as assets, uh, which will, uh, will look to be liquidated in one, one form or another. I don't think anybody's going to, you know, try and uh, squirrel those away in their in their home and hope nobody nobody remembers that there was uh, there was a, a, so a, a better prototype. Is that going to be put into a storage auction with a, a, a red tape around it, like uh, okay, uh, seized by uh, yeah, okay. by the court or something like that? Yeah, until it can be until the no. Until the assets can be liquidated, yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in the beginning of our podcast, we already um, uh, mentioned the uh, Pinball Brothers. Hmm. We did. And um, so, any news uh, regarding the, uh, the, the production of Alien? Yes, your your favorite subject. There's new code. Yay! Oh. New code. What a great time Alien. to get some tea. Yes, in fact, in fact, there are, there are two. Code updates um, in November. Uh, the first one, version 2.3, came out on the third, which did fix a whole bunch of, of bugs and expanded uh, uh, the range of adjustments and Im- supposedly improved the communication method that they were using between the, the, the main controller board and these and the sub boards to uh, to improve reliability there. And then in version 2.14, came out uh, 11 days later on the 14th. They uh, they fixed um, a, a bug I think they introduced in the earlier one, which uh, a bit of a, a bit of a difficult one that because it was a switch detection bug, which caused some switches not to be detected until another switch had um, had, had been triggered, which uh, is a bit of a problem if you shoot the ball into a lock or a kickout, where it's sitting there on the switch and no other switches can be activated unless you're in multiple, so it just sits there and and. So this uh, this bug fix um, will will fix that as well as uh, apparently fixes an issue with the xenomorph tongue calibration, which could uh, starts at the at the uh, when the game starts and could cause the game to hang at that point. There is apparently still a bug where um, occasionally, if you're doing a two-player game, when you add player two to the game after the player one has started, um, it, re- it restarts the game when you start with a new game. But that's oh. something they're aware of and will be fixed in, a, in an upcoming update. Okay. In the meantime, I, um, my phone, um, well, it's uh, uh, functioning. Uh, so I texted Gary that if he wants to call, um, fingers crossed that it will go 
uh, as planned, after all. Right, okay. Well, well, we'll wait to see whether he actually does get back to you on that. Right, so, okay. In the um, meantime... Uh, yes, home pin in uh, uh, Taiwan. Yes. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, they've been... Uh, Mike has been showing uh, pictures on uh, Facebook of assemblies and parts arriving for uh, their upcoming uh, game. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, very much like Haggis have been, yes. Yes, um, although we haven't seen a complete game yet. No. Uh, we haven't even seen a complete play field yet. No, no. Uh, but he did show uh, some purple metallic body armor. Um, I think he showed some uh, blue aprons, which I figured could be for Thunderbirds. But um, Are they still making those? No, I doubt it. I so, thought so. Um, there, were, there were quite a few of those aprons, probably... I don't know, 20, something like that. So yeah. I, I assume that they were for, um, this is Spinal Tap. Now, whether there's, there's going to be different versions of it, I don't know. With, maybe with a purple body armor on some and, and blue on others. Don't know. But it, uh, in the in the uh, description, they said that they come back from the powder coating and uh, they were blue. And other ones said that the, the body armor had come back and uh, it was purple. Uh, don't know. We'll have to wait Maybe and see. They're still experimenting with certain colors. I, uh, I don't know. Although I am curious because I do recall Mike explaining to us that the game, he had to ship games to uh, to one of the licensors mm, for, right. uh, for, for an anniversary event before the end of the year. And we're only one month away from that. So I'm very curious whether he will actually manage to uh, to do that in time. Yeah, it's going to be a bit tight, I thought. Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure what exactly what the anniversary is, but yes, yeah, so it was. It did seem to be a sort of almost like a, a contractual obligation to get the the game to uh, to the movie company in time for the anniversary. Right. So, and uh, what Mike also showed, and uh, I suppose this is rather interesting, is um, the uh, home pin home pin version of Ice Cold Beer, which is not a pinball, but um, a um, well, what do you call it? Actually, a, um, a, skill, a skill game. game. Yeah. Yes, uh, with an upright playfield, uh, slightly tilted, where you have to move a ball around holes where it can drop through. Um, and if it drops through the wrong hole, then uh, I suppose it's game over. But mm -hmm. if you drop it in the right hole, then you level up. And um, the idea is to increase. Uh, levels, um, uh, well, like 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 with the video game, but you start over at the bottom every time with the with the ball. Um, I watched um, Robert uh, Gangnam mm -hmm. yeah. play uh, uh, play that game in uh, Vancouver, the original Ice Cold Beer one, and that was really amazing. I mean, he just I think he 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 finished the game like six or seven times. Wow! On uh, uh, in 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 still in the same game, so the game would reset and he would start over again at the bottom and and complete it again all levels uh, uh, six seven times in a row it was really amazing. But anyway, um, Homepin uh, designed a um, a version of their own, uh, I suppose, for the uh, Asian market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have a name yet um, to avoid any um, 
copyright issues, I suppose. Um, their playfield is different than the original Ice Cold Beer one, which just has a bunch of round holes. Yeah, uh, meant to, meant to be like beer bubbles, I think. That's the idea. Right, yeah. And, uh, well, in this case, it's uh, squares and triangles and, uh, and circular-shaped holes. Mm-hmm. Um, and much to my surprise, I actually uh, uh, read that um, the original ice cold beer is also still being manufactured. It is. It was at uh, IAPA, the, the company there was. Uh, they had some refurbished games, which they, um, which are the original games are, are made by Tato, and they had a couple of refurbished ones. They also had a brand new version as well, which uh, they've gone to extraordinary lengths to make. Uh, work in the same way as the original, even down to crafting their own joysticks in order to make that exactly look and feel exactly the same as the original um, ones. And um, they are are talking to the the company owner there, and he was saying that they were actually running the same code as the original ice-cold beer, and they are emulating it using, I think it was a Raspberry Pi, or it might have been an Arduino, and so they, the game plays exactly the same. Although they're using newer parts, they're using stepper motors now to to move the the bar that the ball sits on up and down. Okay. And um, but other than that, the gameplay will be it'll be smoother than the original. And it won't suffer the be more reliable, and um, plays exactly the same as far as the balls go. Right. Okay, so now you have uh, well, ice cold beer or. Um, a Taiwanese knockoff. Okay, that's not very nice, I suppose. But um, yeah, a similar game. Um, the interesting thing is, while this is a uh, home pin design, mm-hmm. the game is actually uh, manufactured by a company called Weechi uh, in Taiwan, yeah. who we also know uh, as the manufacturer of a uh, head-to-head pinball machine uh, that uses ping-pong balls, um, uh, which I think think was shown at uh, the amusement expo uh, two yeah. years ago was that was that the pac-man one no space invaders space invaders oh, that's it wrong wrong uh, arcade game yes yeah and um uh but that company is uh, very big in um, uh, cabinets and all sorts of uh stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh mike showed the uh the, the I suppose either he shared the idea with them or he showed them the prototype and they figured this is a good game for us to build. So while Mike is finishing uh, up this spinal tab, uh, Weechi has taken um, ice, the, the Taiwanese ice-cold beer into production, although um, there's a, a glass uh, room for a glass plaque at the top that uh, has a name on it. Um, the game has no name yet, mm. and um, Mike suggested to do a sort of a contest where people can suggest uh, the, uh, a name for the game um, in the uh, uh, in response to the Pinball Magazine newsletter. Uh, I still have to uh, to reach out to him and see if we're actually doing that. But I thought it was a fun idea, so why not? Yeah, would, the, would the name be English? Would it be Chinese or? Uh, well, that depends on the market where it's going, yeah, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, it's available. It's available to buy now, apparently. If you uh, if you want to uh, contact WeChi in Taiwan, but you have to order a minimum of ten. Uh, apparently, that's right. uh, 
So even without a name yet, uh, you can still order it. But I guess it will be made to production. Uh, it, it was interesting looking at uh, how it worked. As you said, it used different shapes uh, to the to the round um, holes that the ice cold beer has. And, it, and looking at the circuit board behind, it looked like there were fifteen possible targets, uh, circular holes that you you can uh, that the game will randomly, semi randomly, like one of them. And uh, you have to guide the ball into it in order to level up to the next one, uh, which right. moves you a little further up the playfield. Which is the same as the ice cold beer one, where uh, they had a had certain numbers that you had to uh, had to drop the ball into. So it's uh, yeah, same same principle, but uh, I, I guess the the, uh, the circuitry inside it is somewhat more modern. And I, I don't know if it's actually using uh, home pin circuit boards inside. Not sure either, but. Um, hmm. Wetchy is uh, or Weechy is uh, very capable of doing their own. So, hmm. okay, oh, well. yeah. So, okay, so moving that's... back to um, uh, America, I suppose. Yeah, if, uh, unless you have other no, news, no, uh, that's all I got. Okay, um, well, uh, Spooky Pinball, of course. Uh, well, we had um, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic at the beginning of uh, of November. Yeah. Uh, which is not the usual month for Midwest Gaming Classic, but uh, well, COVID and so on, you yeah. know, uh, you know the drill. Um, and uh, Spooky had a uh, a booth with, um, I think they had a Halloween and Ultraman present. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, which is their the current games that they are uh, manufacturing at the same time, and uh, well, uh, all the all the Spooky swag that we're uh, familiar with. Um, they um, uh, announced today that there will be a, uh, a code update coming for uh, both Halloween and Ultraman uh, this Friday, which is December the 3rd. And uh, another code update around the holidays with some expert level modes in each game. Hmm. So more Michael Myers murder modes and more Kaiuji battles. <laughs> Very nice. Sorry, to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's something um, to uh, to look forward uh, to. Uh, they also posted uh, a picture of the uh, knife handle shooter rods that are available for uh, for Halloween, mm -hmm. um, and um, they they will be uh, starting to ship those uh, for those who purchase them uh, or install them immediately on the game if it's not been built yet. I suppose. Yeah. Um, that that's an assumption on my end. So don't. Uh, uh, if it's if 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 they're just shipping them, then uh, they're not installing them. But I figured they would be installing them on a game if you already it bought the game, but it hasn't been built. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And um, uh, similar to I, I remember with um, uh, previous games that uh, if you had a. a custom uh, plastic set or something like that uh, they could install it right away so why not with this shooter yeah so, so, so and, they already uh, the do that for the cabinet art if you order the butter finished cabinet art right. and they'll install that for you right okay don't know what I heard I thought you were unpopping a bottle of champagne oh I wish yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, and they also uh, exhibited at the uh, Days of the Dead in Chicago with uh, uh, again uh, Halloween and Ultraman machines yep. so and um, something not not listed on our uh, 
on, on the list that Martin and I are uh, looking at. But um, apparently, Bowen Karens, who um, uh, was a uh, an employee for Spooky uh, and or consultant, if you wish, uh, regarding rules for uh, games like um, Rick and Morty and um, trying to think, uh, maybe Alice Cooper. I'm not sure. Yes, uh, but so. apparently he doesn't work for Spooky anymore, and uh, that was not by his choice. Mm, yes. Know if you uh, if you heard anything about it, but it was uh, announced um, uh, at the beginning of the month. Uh, it it uh, sort of leaked out um, on Pinside, and then um, Bowen made a comment on it on his own uh, Facebook page. Um, not sure whether that's a good sign or a bad sign, uh, or maybe Bowen got a better offer and uh, or he figured he could do both. I have no idea what the what what the inside scoop of the story is. The bottom line is um, they parted ways, and uh, but uh, I don't didn't sense any animosity. So no, okay. Well, although you did say that it wasn't at Bowen's um, request that. Uh, that they're not working yeah. together. It wasn't wasn't his uh, wish that, that that happened. But anyway, a shame when uh, when that happens. Because obviously he's got a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience he can bring to wall sets. And let's, let's hope uh, that they're that Spooky are able to uh, you know replicate or, uh, or or fill in the gap that uh, is is left by his, his uh, departure. Right. So. Um that's all the news uh, that I could find for uh, for Spooky Pinball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I suppose I'll, 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 I'll take Dutch Pinball as well. Yeah. Dutch. Yes. Yeah, you normally do. Uh, yeah. Home turf. Okay. Yeah. So Dutch Pinball um, is um, building the Big Lebowski still. They will be building, hopefully, uh, the Big Lebowski for, uh, well, uh, quite some time, I suppose. Um, they're... Um, they're, they're back on track after um, supply chain issues that, that caused things to slow down. Um, the good news is now that they're back on track, that allows them also to hire more uh, full-time assembly workers to work on the Big Lebowski. Uh, so they placed uh, an ad on their Facebook and uh, probably also in uh, local mm-hmm. uh, media as well. I was able to talk to Barry about two weeks ago he was at an event uh, that we both attended, uh, so I briefly talked about uh, to him about it, and uh, uh, he was at the stage that he was uh, interviewing uh, several people, which resulted in me asking how many people he was looking for, and he indicated he was hoping to hire three um, assembly workers. So that's, I suppose, quite a step up, unless the others left. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, obviously that's something we don't know. But uh, I'm assuming that um, uh, that he's expanding the team in order to uh, to to increase production now that uh, supply chain issues have been solved. And that's all the news that I uh, have to report on Dutch Pinball. Right. Okay. You don't know whether he's uh, had any people applying for those positions yet. No, I know that he. Uh, I think he mentioned uh, he had uh, four people coming in for interviews and he was looking to hire three of them. Oh, good news then. Okay, so it's getting getting applications. Yeah, so I, I so hope that, 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 that whoever is 
has applied to the job and had an interview is not listening to this if he didn't get the job because <laughs> there oh dear seventy five percent chance of getting the job and still no luck yeah oh well always next time right. yeah so okay okay oh well speaking of oh. next time oh. Here we go again. Oh, come on. Come on. Hold, hold up, home. Come on. Okay. You can work. Yeah. Right, let's hear what Gary has to say. He's got some big news, I yeah. know. And again, I have to apologize. I don't know what it is with my phone. I definitely need a new one. I'm probably going to start a, uh, a fundraiser. Yeah, go fund me. Or, or, or go phone yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that, because this is obviously, uh, it doesn't, I don't know. Uh, then again, uh, well, uh, the phone is five years old. I've, people told me, what? You use a phone that's five years old? Apparently, that's a miracle on its own. Wow. I'm surprised that the dial on the front is still working. So, well, I never had any issues with oh, it. Great. Okay. They built them to last, but obviously only for five years. Okay. So, uh, anyway, moving on from phone talk, let's, um, let's look at our, our next pinball company because there are quite a lot of them. It's nice to be able to say, look at the next company because yes. you know, we, we've gone through a good number of them and we've still got a few to go yet. So let, well, let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about Multimorphic because, uh, as you said, I was in, uh, in Texas and uh, Multimorphic are in Texas and they were at the Houston Arcade Expo, which was uh, a really fun show. Congratulations to, to Keith and everyone there who, uh, who helped put that show on. Uh, really, really different show with a huge amount of music playing throughout and uh, very nice to, to hear that and some of, it, some of it was kind of like 8-bit music and you wonder what on earth it is and then gradually it sort of builds up and becomes really very musical indeed so uh, it was uh, an, an eye-opener and an ear-opener so uh, well done for them and Multimorphic were there with, with two P3 machines one of which was mostly um, fitted out with the um, the uh, Cosmic Kart Racing CCR Playfield or Upper Playfield module, which right. which they were using to uh, showcase their, their Sorcerer's Apprentice game, which I got to play and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Once I once I got the hang of it, it was actually quite easy, but it was a bit of a initial learning curve. But as soon as uh, Jerry pointed out to me, you know, you can pick this and that, and then these lights light up that color, and then uh, then it all made a, a huge amount of sense, and then you. It required quite a lot of interaction with the the, uh, the extra buttons on the side as well to, to pick the right spells to to use at any particular time in the game. And it was good fun. And the and the light shows, of course, using the, the CCR playfield with all those uh, RGB LEDs on it. It, was, uh, it just looks amazing. So that was right. absolutely great. And the other one, the other game was playing Heist, which was also the first time I got to play that. And uh, and that was that was hugely fun as well. I think they got uh, two great games there. And uh, they were they were again you know as with uh, most of the machines at that show those those two were uh, in in constant use from the moment the doors opened in the morning to uh, well in fact until the show closed at night so uh, congratulations to Multimorphic on on that and on the on one of those machines they are also showing some new generic P3 cabinet and back box artwork so they have those uh, magnet, magnetic decals which uh, apply to the side of the cabinet and the, the side of the back box. And they have a, a new set of uh, non-game-specific um, P3 artwork, which goes on there and, and look, look very nice. Okay. So I suppose that's, um, that's the news for Multimorphic. I think it is, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, 
good for them. They're still uh, going strong, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yes, they're uh, very busy building both um, full machines and um, and the modules as well. There's a there's a, there's a bit of a, a delay, I think, on getting a full machine because of uh, the amount of time it takes to, to sort all the parts for one. But the the, the modules apparently can just be can be um, purchased within uh, a week or two, I think. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, moving on to um, um, well, our good friend uh, Andrew from uh, Pinball Adventures, I would say. Uh, this is a uh, um, well. I'm not going to steal your thunder. <laughs> you did all the digging on this, so you take it away. Oh, okay. Well, um, you may remember the last few months we've also, we've been saying uh, the uh, the Pinball Adventures website, uh, pinballbuzz.com, was down and just had a, a, a sort of holding page that said coming soon. Well, it has come soon. Well, sooner or later, anyway. Well, well whatever you call soon. <laughs> yes, it's there now. There's uh, the. It seems to be a little bit of a work in progress because not everything is is working fully on there there's a few links that don't work or link to the wrong thing but um yeah the, the website is back and it says that pony factory and elements are available now um which is news because we haven't seen any actually for sale or being made but uh, they're, i guess they're available to order now um and there are some other games on there as well um we did talk about some of these before and i think i'm not sure all, this, all the same titles are, are still there and there might be some new ones um yeah. There's one called That's Whack. Uh, that's W A C K. Um, there's Forsaken Ninja. Sushi Mania, I think, is a, a yeah. familiar one. That, that, that's a familiar one. Yeah. Uh, and Fruitomatics, as well, is, a, is a, a new one, I think. That one might be a sort of. Uh, well, actually, I don't know what it's about. But um, it does. Um, as I say, it seems to be a bit of a work in progress. Some of the things don't link to what they should do, and not all of them have got pictures. But. There's seems to be an awful lot of cartoony artwork for, for some of these games. Like somebody's gone to a lot of effort to to draw up stories or uh, backgrounds um, to to the, the concept behind them. Um, so go and have a look on uh, pinballbuzz.com, um, pinballbuzz all one word. And there's also um, some some information about um, the Element game, which um, is. Apparently has two displays. There's a top box with a display, as well as right. the, the, uh, the sort of regular speaker panel type display. Yeah, that's that's the game with the uh, back glass with no cutouts for a display. And yeah, it has the speaker. The speakers mounted on top of the back glass with the with display, display up between. there. Yeah, yeah, yes. Which is, uh, but there is another display as well. So it's got two displays. That game. Uh, so one, one at the very top. I don't. Know, I guess the other one's on the playfield somewhere. And um, there are also some rather strange products as well available um, to, to buy. Things well, which yeah, you thought, which you probably never thought you'd need, um, but they are there. And um, oh, well, that's. There are things like uh, I know pinball companies that make that sort of their catchphrase. We we built the games you didn't you didn't know you wanted. Yeah. So. Yeah. So maybe they're onto something. Maybe, or maybe they're building things that you really don't want. <laughs> but, uh, or but need. There are some, some interesting things. So that's, I mean, one of them's called a pinball wedge, which um, isn't any description of what it is, because it's it's kind of like uh, if you can imagine a, a sort of baby's dummy or pacifier type thing, uh, shape, yeah. where if you stick a magnet in the base of that, 
then you can stick it in the uh, probably reduced size uh, put it in the shooter lane so it clamps onto the uh, you know it, it magnetically clamps to the metal strike plate opposite where the ball kicks out right okay uh, then that thing will kind of block the the kick out hole for the ball which means that when you lift the play field up the balls don't fall out okay okay no so far so good yeah yeah. Not too bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah. you could just stuff a rag in the hole, and of course, and uh, then the water will go either. What everybody does, yes. or everybody. Or take the balls out. Take, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you can get one of these pinball wedges instead and, and use that, and it costs $30 if that's what you want. Um, and then I think I'll take the balls out. <laughs> I think I'll stick a, stick a cleaning rag in there. It's a lot easier because you can then use it to clean things. Um, right. And rather, rather dubiously, there's a thing called pinball paws which is another magnetic clamp type thing, but it, it clamps onto a metal side rail and basically holds the flipper button in for you while you answer the phone or grab another beer or whatever it is you want to do with your hands other than hold the flipper button in. Um, so it, you just say it's not a long-term solution, so it's only just a sort of like temporary thing. It's, it's called pinball pause. I seem to remember that uh, on certain games, if you hold the flipper buttons in for too long, you can blow up the driver transistor. So maybe not a good yeah, idea to do that. I wouldn't do it on Marsa gameplay, uh, Marsa play games. No, um, they probably haven't got the metal. You, you definitely need to make sure that um, if if you apply those, that the end of ball, end of stroke switch on your mm. game is uh, functioning correctly. Yes, otherwise you burn up the coil rather than, and all the driver transistor because there's a lot of current going through there. Anyway, there's um, there's various other things, just like a uh, a replacement playfield prop. Um, you know that bar which you can sometimes keep your playfield in a sort of semi-upright, 45-degree angle thing. Well, now there's an adjustable one that allows you to put it at various different angles. Um, and a very strange um, inflatable bag-type device which can go under the pinball and you can inflate it and lift the back of the playfield up so you can attach the legs, which seems like a solution to a problem that doesn't really exist. But... I suppose if you're not strong enough to actually lift up a machine and uh, you have a, an inflatable, you want to put an inflatable bag under it to do that, um, you can buy the Pinball Boost that does that. And finally... For $249. Yes, that's right. Only I suppose it's easier to call someone and say, hey, can you help me set up my pinball machine? I'll, I'll give you $249 if you do. Yes. Um, although I guess it's reusable, but it's... Uh, it's, uh, as I say, it's, it's not something that's going to um, catch on in a big way, I don't think. Seems like a, a bit of a risk, because obviously um, a, a pinball machine is quite heavy. Uh, we're talking about something inflatable. Um, what if you use this thing to lift up the back of your pinball machine um, and it can't carry the weight and it explodes while the game is halfway up and then it crashes to the floor? Well, part of the system is also a, a sort of bracket, which I don't know whether it screws onto the bottom of the playfield uh, or the bottom of the cabinet or clamps on somehow, but it allows you to basically rock, rock the machine forward um, on a sort of circular frame so that it's, it's by default it's sitting a, a certain height off the ground uh, on, these, on this frame uh, and, the, and the bag goes in between 
the frame to lift it lift it further. It's uh, it's a lot of hardware and a lot of faff, I think, just to lift a game up, just to put some legs on. Right. I'm getting a sort of deep root uh, vibe here. <laughs> well, to be fair, they haven't taken anybody's money yet, so... No, oh yeah, absolutely, but but uh, I do sense a lot of... Are you suggesting uh, you have, you, you're going to say the word pin pod at any moment, are you? No, no, I'm not, but I'm going Good. to say a lot of innovation in areas where innovation is not necessarily needed. Yes, that's right. Well, um, there, I suppose with the holiday season coming up, it might be a good, good range of products that you can you can uh, buy for your uh, your pin pinball collecting. Mm. Oh well, who are we to decide what you need and what you don't need? If you think you need this, then for all I care, buy mm. it, and uh, I hope Andrew sells uh, a ton of them. Yeah, well, do do a review and let us know how they uh, how they work. Yeah, we're very curious. So. Yeah, so anyway, uh, and that wasn't even everything because they also have this upright and spin. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was going to uh, ignore that, but that's uh, it's a uh, I don't want to call it a playfield rotisserie because it's not. It's um, it does rotate the playfield, but if you can imagine, uh, if you had a um, like a like a toast rack or something you know, that you would put toast in, then. Put that on a on a spinning base, and you can slot a playfield into it, and you can basically turn the playfield round if you're working on it and attaching parts, or cleaning it, or clear coating it, or whatever. You can attach, you can basically clamp it either horizontally, no, vertically in either the long ways or the or the high um, direction, and uh, work on it that way. It seems not a lot of nothing much it's got big clamps as well which basically means if there's anything on the playfield in those areas you can't use it there i was going to say i've looked at the pictures and it looks like you can only use it for bare playfields pretty much yeah once you start populating it you wouldn't be able to hold it in there anymore so it's i don't know it's again it's a solution looking for a problem and uh, (laughs) and it's a it's a four hundred dollar solution so is it a $400 problem? If it is, then uh, go and have a look at it anyway. It's uh, one thing uh, we, I, don't, I think we probably should mention about this, because it might be something that somebody could alert Andrew to, is that uh, on his website... it's No, don't mention that yet. I still need to, to browse it. Oh, all right. Okay. I won't mention the fact that uh, all the uh, all the media assets are readily accessible if you if you know how to get them, so you can look at all the pictures... Um, that uh, either are or aren't yet on the website, so it's uh, okay, well. Thank you for not mentioning. No, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. No, but uh, only, only a few people know how to do that anyway. So we won't. We're not. We're not going to do a masterclass on how to access all those uh, all those interesting pictures before you uh, sc- uh, scrape them all off the website. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good luck for doing that. Yes. So, then in other news, um, well, uh, what I found very interesting. Uh, and I've already uh, received a preview of it, is uh, an upcoming book that will be published in uh, February uh, of next year. Mm-hmm. It's by John Chet. Yep. It's called Pinball, A Graphic History of the Silver Ball. And it's a, um, a comic book-like, I would say, um, book, uh, over 200 pages, 
um, uh, telling stories about uh, um, certain, uh, well, fun anecdotes on the in the history of pinball, uh, how the tilt mechanism was uh, invented, how it works, and uh, which types there were. The history of pinball, obviously, Roger Sharp is in there uh, with um, how he uh, saved pinball in America mm. in 1976. And um, I was very surprised, uh, first of all, to see uh, the quality of the drawings. Um, it looks very, very good. Um, um, uh, did you have a chance to take a look at it as well? I only had a brief chance. I'm actually going to be doing an article on it, but uh, unfortunately that, that arrived with me just as I was about to head over to America. So I put that on the back burner for the moment, considering it's not coming out until February next year. But uh, yeah. I will be doing a, a, an article about it nearer the time. Yes, so will I. Um, and it's... Um, I thought it was uh, very, very interesting. If you're familiar with the um, uh, Coin-Up Carnival mm. that uh, Ryan Clater and uh, Nicholas Baldrish have done, um, well, this is something similar, but uh, uh, more, uh, basically more pages. Um, and all comic, uh, uh, every page is uh, uh, illustrated, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to seeing that being published mm. in February, and I hope it does well. Um, from what I get, it, um, it's being published with a, uh, a big publisher, so it might be available on uh, in, in in the regular um, Barnes and Noble shops and, and that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. So. Yeah, I think so. Could have a big audience. Good. Well, congratulations so, com- to, to com- John on that. I was going to, you took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. Oh. Thank you. Someone should write so, a song about that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, and, uh, oh, well, we still have a headline to cover. Yes, come on then. We've been, you've been teasing us with this uh, this story about uh, a, a different type of pinball. So, uh, yes. So Well, it, it definitely is. Yep. I already mentioned it in the uh, Pinball Magazine newsletter last month, uh, which, uh, because... Um, uh, the video that I'm talking about uh, uh, came under my eyes or uh, after we recorded our podcast right. but before I sent out the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was posted on the uh, the Facebook page of RB Flip France, which is uh, a French-hosted uh, uh, page. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video is uh, that we're talking or t- videos and pictures that we're talking about were actually submitted by the uh, the brother uh, Christoph of the uh, the guy who runs the, um, uh, the this, this page on Facebook. Uh, so they don't know anything about it other than uh, that uh, there were a bunch of games, uh, pinball games shown, new pinball games. Mm-hmm. This is a trade show, which was it? Yes, at a, at a trade show in Guangzhou, mm-hmm. if I say that correctly, hopefully, um, and this uh, basically showed a a pinball game or, or a row of I think four, uh, four or six pinball six, games I in think. a row. Yes. Yeah, things um, uh, which could easily be put on a on a, on a truck or something like that, and. Uh, traveled, uh, u- be used for traveling carnivals, or fairgrounds, and that kind of stuff. In fact, uh, just look um, at the picture now. There's, a, there's, there's six, and then there's another row of six behind them. So there's actually yes. a dozen machines. Right. 
So um, it's all the same machines. It's a very basic layout with basically two flippers at the center bottom, a ball being launched in between them, a small LCD display in the middle, uh, a row of tar- stand-up targets at the top, non-mechanical, I would say, um, which means that there is a, some sort of magnetic detection that the ball is in the neighborhood of the center of the uh, the switch, and then um, it's being uh, detected. Um, there's a pop bumper in the center, uh, blocking the the di- a direct shot to the um, uh, two targets at the yeah. center with the uh, with the highest uh, points that are being awarded. So. Uh, so imagine this row of um, uh, targets. Um, the two uh, at the far left and the far right are scoring, uh, let's say, one point, and uh, the ones in the center are scoring ten points. And the game awards um, uh, tickets, yeah, but also prizes, which are actually stored in the back box. And uh, once you score enough points, basically the prize that you win. Um, uh, is being dropped from the back box onto the playfield. Well, onto playfield something glass. I thought. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah on on the playfield glass. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I thought was actually very clever, because I've never seen that, and it's a very uh, um, economic way to use the space in the back box and and still have something to display. And the back box front is uh, clear, so you can see all the prizes up there. You can see the mechanisms working as it's, as it's dispensing you a game. So you can see it sort of about to drop a game, a prize onto the playfield glass, and uh, right. then it comes down a shoot and, and lands right. there. So, and obviously, um, uh, depending on the prize that you can win, uh, you need more points. But the, the thing is, uh, the boxes that were dispensed uh, are similar to this, uh, uh, the size of a, a box that a new phone is being uh, offered in, if you buy a new uh, iPhone or something. So I'm not saying that should be the price, <laughs> but that could be, you know. So uh, boxes of that size can easily be dispensed. Um, and I wouldn't mind uh, playing for a new phone. Yes. Uh, I don't know how much it would cost. Especially since I need one. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you do, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, it's um, an interesting game because it it doesn't although it's got two flippers at the bottom and it's got almost like like slingshots um, at the side but they're actually uh, targets um, there are no outlanes so you can't no. actually drain the ball other than between the flippers I think right it seems to be yes. the only the only way unless there's a, another another means but uh, yeah yes as you said what? it's uh, it's redemption as well so you, you can get tickets and and I guess at some point once you've got enough tickets you can exchange that for a prize and the right. number of points at the top uh, i was actually thinking that those those uh, stand-up targets might be the sort of in um piezo targets that uh, the gottlieb used to use that weren't, weren't entirely reliable but they they, they just have a little crystal uh, which um, generates a, a little voltage whenever they're hit which doesn't require any um Anything else other than that? Because they just amplify that that signal up, and then you get the the switch hits. Because these these targets on this game have got um, LED displays, seven segment LED displays, right in front of each target, which would make it quite difficult to fit any kind of sensor right in front of them as well. Because the LED displays show the number of points you get hitting the target, and I guess that changes during the game right. as well. So, 
Oh, well, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Yeah, so. yeah and it was also quite interesting that it seems to be a sort of hybrid between, uh, I'm guessing, Chinese and English. Some parts of the, uh, the, the text on the game is in English, and some part of it is in Chinese. So it says, um, what did it say, prize out, uh, where the prize comes out. And um, also it says mini pinball at, at the top. It's called, the game is called mini pinball. Uh, and it says tickets, and um, it's it's uh, there is some Chinese writing on it as well, but it's mostly English, which uh, is an interesting. Uh, I don't know whether that's common for arcade games in China, whether they typically will do that. But uh, it was a good suggestion. It might be aimed at a, at a global audience rather than just for China. Right. So, uh, well, apparently um, I, uh, I did ask Mike from Homepin uh, what he thought about them, and he said, well, uh, all of the artwork on there is basically um, uh, are, are characters taken from uh, Western products that are slapped on there for no reason or whatsoever. But uh, that would make it dis- difficult for them to export them outside Asia because... Yeah, apparently, copyright law in China is non-existent, uh, but outside China right. it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so. it's just artwork. I'm sure I could change it if it, if, if it was, uh, if it was True. deemed to be a market. Yeah, but yeah, so. interesting and, and good spot on that. Yeah, and the reason I find this interesting is, um, as as you and I know, China is not a pinball market. Uh, the people are not familiar with. Um, what a pinball is, how it, how how you should play it, and if you want to educate the people on pinball, I think this is the way um, to start. Mm. And if they uh, once they understand this, then you can slowly take them a step further. I mean, it's 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 like if you if you want to learn how to drive a car, you're not taking lessons in a Formula One car, are you? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so you have to start um, uh, with something a little bit um, smaller, I would say, which is exactly what this is. And uh, the fact that it's combining pinball and redemption, I think, is also very interesting. Yeah, well, maybe maybe redemption and all prizes is uh, is what pinball in China, if it, if it was to take off in a big way, would need in order to attract players. Right. So, uh, and of of course, the, the big attraction is that um, not having played the game, but from from judging the videos, you get the idea um, that this is a skill game. Where if you are skillful enough, you walk away with a prize. Well, that's usually something that I would be interested in, especially if it's pinball related, because I think. I'd be under the impression that I'd be walking away with a prize uh, in no time. Mm. Well, because it, it could be timed. I don't know. I, I haven't watched a video be, yet, but so they can. Obviously, they're going to they're going to make it so that it's uh, it's not giving away too many prizes. Yeah. Well, in, in case Bowen Currents comes by <laughs> and starts playing it, yeah, I, I hear. Well, he's got time on his hands now, so he'll pretty good. Right. So, um, but I thought. Um, uh, I thought it was worthy of a headline because if this is a way to to launch pinball into China, then uh, it could open up a, a huge market for pinball. And if you'd like to uh, see any of this for yourself, then uh, if you're on Facebook, 
go to RB Flip France. And uh, on the page there, probably have to scroll down a few stories or a few posts until you get to this, because it was from the beginning of the month on the 3rd of November. But you'll, uh, and, they're, and they're quite active on that site. So, so you will uh, you'll be able to see some pictures and some videos of the gameplay. Yes. So, so take a look for yourself and see what you think of it. Mm. And let us know if you, if you feel like sharing. Right. Well, have we exhausted everything now? Have we covered everything? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, you went to the US, you came back, yeah. you had fun. I certainly did. I think we covered most you of the things pinball. I did. Yeah, yeah. You played. Did you played every game that I have played yet in the past two years. Thank you. Rub it in. Yes, uh, but there's a lot of traveling involved and uh, a lot of uh, COVID um, precautions to be taken all over the place. But that uh, impacts on traveling and makes it not quite so much fun as it used to be. But uh, the important thing is, shows are back, and um, there seems to be a huge appetite for people to go out to to pinball shows and, and play games, play all the new games that they haven't been able to play, and. Uh, the atmosphere there was just uh, all the places I went to was uh, almost like uh, a huge sigh of relief and saying at last we can finally come out and play pinball and meet people and it's I would say not, it's back to normal because it's clearly not that and, and of course it can as we've seen now things can change very rapidly but uh, there's that little narrow window where uh, I was able to sneak into the US go to three pinball events come back without it being too much of a pain and uh, hopefully we are to head back in uh, in in March next year uh, for yeah. for the Texas Pinball Festival and something else possibly, and then I don't know maybe maybe in the summer. Uh, but it's very hard to plan too far ahead at the moment, isn't it, with the way things are developing? Well, well, I'm not. Sh- I don't know how things are developing in the US, but here in Europe, it's really getting worse and worse and worse. So. Yeah, well, I think, no, we don't get too much into into the different variants and uh, uh, and all that. But uh, yeah, enjoy. The shows while they are still That's there. That's right. Yep. Support pinball. Support, go out to play on location wherever you can, while you still can. And um, basically enjoy pinball in, in all its forms. And uh, and we will be back um, at the start of 2022. God, that yeah. seems like such a long time. But it's, uh, what, 30 days away or 31 days away. And, uh, and I guess we'll be looking back at all the events that happened in December however many there are and uh, we we hope you have a fantastic time over the, the festive season and and, yeah. um, and get to play some some good pinball as well right so and uh, well we probably don't uh, well you won't hear us um, before the, uh, the beginning of the new year so allow me to already wish you a uh, Merry Christmas and, Indeed. Uh, uh, and a happy ending this year <laughs> and, and hopefully a very happy start to uh, 2022 so uh, yes so until we're, we're back um, next year then we uh, we will say goodbye for now and uh, and enjoy some pinball thanks bye bye <laughs>